Welcome to Almost Here, Round the Corner Future Technology Podcasts with Richard Jacobs. Future technologies poised to transform our lives for better or worse are the focus of this podcast. Almost Here means these technologies are now here and starting to be used or just around the corner from Bitcoin to artificial intelligence, 3D printing, blockchain, virtual reality, and more. Hi, this is Richard Jacobs with Future Tech Podcast. Uh, my guest today is Francois Bennett. Uh, Senior Vice President at BioTime Inc. Francois, how are you doing? Very good. Yeah, thanks. So, thanks so much for coming. Um, if you would, can you give listeners an idea of what BioTime does and uh, what you do at the company? Yeah. So, um, so generally speaking, um, you know, I'm head of product development. I'm responsible for uh, all of their research and development activities, um, as well as uh, project management office and, and regulatory affairs. Um, so Biotime is, um, you know, is a regenerative medicine company. Um, so, um, and as such, um, our mission is really to uh, cure disease and injury uh, and not treat symptoms like pharma and, and most biotechs are doing. So our, our therapeutic uh, approach is, is a little bit different than traditional drug and, and biotech uh, companies. So we're really trying to restore uh, normal structure and function of most um, tissues and, and organs that are affected by either normal aging, uh, like degeneration and diseases, and or as a result of, of injuries. So, I mean, there's many tissues in the body. What are the top ones that uh, the company is working on? You know, what are your most important projects or your most interesting ones? Right. Uh, yeah. So, um, right now we have uh, two um, programs that are in clinical development. So our focus right now, our main focus is our, on ophthalmology and on medical aesthetics uh, from a clinical development perspective. So uh, we have a program in, in yep. Oh, I was in uh, medical aesthetics. Yeah. Uh, well, anyway, we'll get into that, but go into them in, yep. in the order you'd like to go into them. Yeah, yeah. So uh, I'll tell you in, in a minute. So for, you know, if for ophthalmologists, you, you may know there's um, a disease process that's associated with aging that's called um, macular degeneration. It's the major cause of blindness in the aging population. And what happened is really is that the cells that are nourishing the, and maintaining the photoreceptors of the retina, these are the cells that are, the photoreceptors are the cells that are capturing the light and transmitting the, this information to the brain to produce an image so that you have vision. But the cells that are basically keeping these photoreceptors healthy um, and, um, and, um, and happy are called the, the uh, retinal pigmented epithelial cells. And with the, with aging or with some kind of disease process, they uh, sometimes degenerate, and as a result, they no longer are able to maintain the photoreceptors uh, nice and healthy. And these photoreceptors, as a result, they will degenerate, and basically, you lose vision, you become blind. So we have, um, you know, we have a very exciting product that's uh, that's uh, basically um, uh, we have a very robust process of making in um, in our laboratories, uh, making these cells that are called, uh, as I mentioned, retinal pigmented epithelial cells that are RPEs uh, from from pluripotent stem cells, um, and a product that we call Opergen. So we're using these cells to really uh, implant these cells in the subretinal space or under the retina 
uh, right where these photoreceptors are starting to get damaged in the hope to uh, restore these cells and, and maintain um, uh, photoreceptor health and preventing people from uh, becoming blind or, or that their uh, vision impairment becomes worse uh, over time. So right now, I presume, so what, um, as we call it, yes, sorry. Yeah, what's the, what's the physical mechanism that, that helps someone from um, preventing the vision loss once you um, implant these cells? Yeah. So what happened is, is the, you know, as I mentioned, these, these cells are really there to nourish the photoreceptor. So they're there to maintain their health, right? So as they're uh, disappearing, the photoreceptors are disappearing also as a consequence. So what we're doing is we're implanting nice and healthy um, uh, retinal pigments of the epithelial. So these, these are really the equivalent of putting nice young cells that are not affected by the underlying cause of, of the uh, macular degeneration, right? So it's like putting some nice, fresh new cells there. Uh, and these cells will engraft and will attach to the subretinal space, right? And spread out and uh, will become in contact with these photoreceptors and will help uh, maintain and provide their uh, normal health. So we're really replacing the damaged cells uh, as, a, as a result of the disease process with nice and, and fresh, healthy cells. It's really cell replacement therapy. So these cells will come in and, and replenish the space and maintain um, this sort of receptor and prevent from further degeneration. Right? So it's really a mechanism of, of cell replacement therapy. Hmm. Very interesting. So what, yeah, so what now, stage do you yeah. add? Yeah, so we're, yeah, yeah, exactly. So, so this is a, an a early, early stage trial, right? So right now we're in a, about in the middle of, of our phase one, two uh, trials, right? So you know that um, clinical development involves, uh, you know, like, um, safety trials first, which are called phase one trials. And then uh, proof concept, which are phase two, and then you demonstrate the uh, the real uh, clinical benefit and and larger phase three trial. So our uh, operagen trial is in is in a phase one slash two way. So it's we're really treating patient right now. It's we're not treating healthy volunteers as as typically uh, people do in phase one. Um, so we're right now we're treating people that are affected by macular degeneration, but they're very late in their disease process, right? So when you start clinical trial in early stage, you know usually the regulatory agencies are asking you to treat the you know very late stage patients such that you know in case something goes wrong that you don't um, exacerbate or, or if you don't make things mm -hmm. something worse, right? Especially for vision, you can imagine if. These people had some vision less, and your treatment worsened their 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 state. You know, it wouldn't be a good right. outcome, right? So, so these patients are very early, a uh, very late stage. So they're really they're they're um, you know they're legally blind. Uh, so we're not going to affect their their uh, their vision negatively, even if you know even if our therapy would not work. Um, but uh, what we're seeing right now, because we're in the middle of our safety trial, we're just starting now. It's a dose escalation trial, meaning that we treated with very small dose first, right? And, and we're increasing uh, uh, the, the therapeutic dose or how many cells we're implanting at, at, as we're progressing through our trial. And uh, right now, we're starting to, um, to dose patients with more clinically relevant uh, doses, like higher dose uh, that we think might be useful for the patients. So we see, we're seeing right now that the, you know, the, 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 the therapy appears to be well tolerated, and, 
And what's exciting and what we find exciting is that uh, the cells appears to be, appear to be um, uh, engrafting. And that is, we see that uh, structurally uh, the, the retina appear, uh, appears to be uh, behaving the way we we're hoping that it will, right? So um, we can look by various uh, imaging techniques, um, you know, where the cells are, uh, where we implanted them and how they behave. Uh, it looks like they're doing what they're supposed to do, right? They're spreading out and they're making new contacts with the photoreceptor. So we don't know whether this will improve patient's vision yet. As I said, it's too early stage, but um, you know, we're excited about uh, at least structurally, uh, the product appears to be doing what we're hoping that it will do. Uh, so that's you know that's very early, and and you know we're moving. Like I said, we're. Uh, about midway um, through our trial, uh, later this year, we're, we're going to start moving into um, even a higher dose of, of cells. So really uh, treating patients that um, you know with uh, you know with a, a number of cells that we think will, will will effectively repopulate the disease area. In other words, right. And then we'll start treating at the end of this uh, uh, early stage trial, the last cohort of patients will treat or patients that are with less severe um, um, uh, blindness, right? So people that have still a little bit of vision. So I think we'll be in a better position to see, um, uh, no pun intended, uh, whether these patients actually, we can uh, uh, modify the disease process, either slow down the 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 the, uh, the progress of of, uh, of the disease, so pre prevent patient from from becoming blind totally, uh, or even uh, hopefully rescuing some of their uh, their vision. Yeah, that's what I was going to ask you. Are you hoping for their vision to be completely restored, or just slow it? But you said you're not sure. You're hoping for one or more of those things. Right. So so initially, what we're hoping with this kind of product. Uh, we're hoping to slow the disease process or stop it, right? So this is, you know, in other words, you know, as part of the disease, the natural history or progression of, of macular degeneration, I was saying, you know, in the late stage of the disease, those photoreceptors are so damaged, they're, they're completely gone, right? So you cannot recover vision when the photoreceptors are completely gone. Uh, but, um, you know, hopefully we can recover some vision when they're just detached from the, uh, the, the, the disease or damaged um, uh, retinal pigment epithelial cells at the bottom. Those are the cells that we're replacing. Uh, and they're still alive, but not functioning right, right? So uh, hopefully that yeah. will, could provide the basis for uh, vision recovery. But the idea is that if we can treat patients early enough, right, and that's where we're going with this, as, as you can imagine, if we can treat patients early enough when they're not blind, right, when, they, when you can diagnose that, yes, you have macular degeneration, if you don't do anything, you're going to progress to blindness. But hopefully we can treat patients early enough such that uh, by replacing the damaged tissue, the damaged cells, we will save their vision, right? And we'll, they, they will not uh, progress to becoming blind. So that's, that's kind tell of the me, first um, stage, yeah. Yeah, if you can, just tell me more about at what ages does the disease start and how long does it take until you go blind on average and, you know, any other factors, more men than women, uh, different ethnicities, you know, just tell me more about the disease itself as well. Right. So, you know, macular degeneration is very prevalent, right? It's one of these uh, diseases that affects in the U.S., uh, you know, close to 10 million people. 
uh, people are in the later stage of, uh, you know, of the disease and, and what we call geographic atrophy, which is really like damaged um, uh, and damaged photoreceptors, if you will. Uh, there are 2 million people that, you know, are, are blind or close to being blind um, in the U.S. And it's, it's extremely prevalent. It's, it's in normally occurring in, in, in older patient population. Uh, you know, typically in your you know, 50s and 60s, people are starting to look at, at these, um, you know, I'm, I'm, <laughs> I'm in the 50s right now myself. And each time I have a, you know, an eye exam, people, you know, my optometrist uh, looks for, uh, for signs of the, this disease process, right? Mm-hmm. Um, and that's, you know, dry, the dry, there are two forms of, of AMD or macular, age-related macular degeneration. There's a dry form, uh, which is the most prevalent form, uh, which is the one that we're targeting with our therapy. And there's no uh, treatment right now for uh, this type of um, uh, problem. There's another form which is called wet AMD, which is the result of a you know of a vascular um, um, a problem in the eye, in the retina. You have like these little blood vessels that are uh, growing and, and bursting and are damaging your retina. That's called wet AMD. It, it's often also a consequence of dry AMD, but you know it's a, it's a different form of macular degeneration that is actually pretty well. Um, uh, manage with uh, drugs that are uh, already on the market, um, a couple of drugs that are available that are there to really uh, um, slow down this these blood vessels that are becoming overactive or growing too fast in, in your retina and, and are damaging your, your retina. So there are a couple of drugs, but it's really a smaller fraction of the uh, overall macular degeneration uh, problem. Um, for your treatment, is it a one-time treatment to input these cells, or does it have to be yeah, done absolutely. multiple times? Yeah, yeah, absolutely. So you know, regenerative—that's the beauty of regenerative medicine, right? I mean, uh, like I said uh, early, uh, you know, regenerative medicine aims at uh, curing patient, not not treating patient, um, and we're doing that by uh, providing the cells uh, that are either uh, replacing the cells that are damaged uh, or diseased, right, or or degenerated. Um, so yes, so the, the the goal is to have a single treatment uh, that will um, you know will will be done um, um, by a retinal surgeon and and will solve the problem. Um, in the same therapeutic areas, we have uh, additional uh, much earlier stage uh, research um, and development effort that we announced um, last week uh, that um, you know we are developing uh, full thickness retina. So this is for people with um, you know, different types of uh, vision loss that where the, or very late stage uh, vision loss where people are completely blind, in other words. Um, right. And um, and this is, you know, this is going to be a much more uh, complex product, but uh, will uh, hopefully uh, uh, aim at really restoring vision and, and people who are completely blind. Because now instead of having just these uh, cell, cells that are providing the, the, you know, maintaining the photoreceptors health, uh, now we can generate in our laboratory not only these cells, but also the photoreceptors and also the, the other nerve cells that are um, making up the three-dimensional structure of the retina and implant all of this structure in, in blind people. So people with completely you know, lost vision uh, could potentially uh, have restored vision. So that's very exciting, but it's a very, very early stage and very, um, you know, um, not really ready for clinical trial. But we're, you know, we're putting a lot of emphasis on these, um, uh, on these programs because, like I said before, there's really no therapeutic solution, right, for these people. Yeah. Once you have 
loss, damage. And, you know, like I said, the, the only way to cure people uh, with lost tissues to, you know, add these tissues or cells back uh, to them, right? What are the, um, out of curiosity, what are the stages of blindness? Is there a point where you can't identify objects, but you can still see light and dark? And is there, I guess there's a stage where you can't even see light and dark? You know, what are the... Yeah, yeah, absolutely. You know, yeah. (laughs) I'm not an ophthalmologist, but I'll tell you what I know, right? Uh, There are different diseases that are affecting vision, right? And and some of them are genetic, um, you know, in nature. Um, and uh, and, in other words, inherited um, because of bad genes or or whatnot, so familial diseases. Uh, And some of them is just aging, right? And they affect different cell compartment of your your retina, right? So, uh, for example, macular degeneration is is, uh, a disease that affects the central vision, which means that it's the it's the, you know, it's the central vision is your most accurate, it's the, you know, it's where you, you read, it's where you recognize faces, it's the very center of your retina, it's extremely sensitive area, uh, but this is the most important one, right, because that's what, that allows you to have the, the actual functionality of being able to read, recognize faces, and everything else. And uh, when you have macular degeneration, usually the process starts in that area, so as a, as a result, Sometimes you have this um, this vision where you actually lose. It's called tunnel vision. You you have a dark spot right in the middle of what where you're trying to look, but you still have what right. we call peripheral vision. So it's not as useful to have peripheral vision vision as you can imagine. And that's the like I said, right. that's the most prevalent uh, way of lo- losing your eyesight. So sometimes you'll see people oh. on the you know on the street and they kind of looking sideways. You know, I don't know if you ever noticed that, but. You'll see people that kind of they're they're walking or reading or looking at their phone, but they're kind of looking sideways. It looks like they're looking they're not looking at the phone, uh, but they're using your peripheral vision, their peripheral vision to, uh, you know, to uh, to read or or um, or um, um, you know figure out where they are. Uh, so there's another disease which is um, um, uh, which is called retinitis pigmentosa, which is um, which is different because now it, this affects the uh, peripheral vision instead. So you know it's the photoreceptors now that are being damaged a little bit all over the place, and it can affect just about any part of your retina. That's not as prevalent as um, macular degeneration, um, but it's more severe because it affects the photoreceptors right away. So uh, with our Opergen, you know, um, uh, uh, product right now, we would not be able to address this patient population. But with our, um, you know, engineered 3D uh, full thickness retina, we could. Um, so these people will lose, you know, photoreceptors, and and you know, it's a really uh, aggressive type of uh, degeneration. But it, it it doesn't affect necessarily the central vision. So oftentimes it's the opposite. You have uh, you lose the peripheral vision, but not the central one. So there's, you know, obviously there's, you know, the, the, like I said, there there are many, many different uh, causes of, of blindness, uh, but typically uh, you lose sight, you know, when the photoreceptors um, are uh, being damaged, right? So these are, the, the, like I said, the, uh, you know, the little receptor of light that will capture either color vision or, or black and white vision that are, um, you know, that are going bad for many reasons. Uh, that's the typical way of losing your eyesight. Okay. All right. Um, yeah. To shift gears a little bit, you talked about medical aesthetics. 
What is that? Yeah, yeah. Medical aesthetic is, um, you know, is an area where um, it's a little bit different. Obviously, uh, it's using um, instead of using um, 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 our progenitor stem cell um, platform, it's using the other platform that we have in the company. So we have, you know, we have pluripotent stem cells, but we also have a biomaterials delivery platform. And that's really important because, um, you know, most of the time when you want to engraft cells, in order for cells to engraft effectively and remain on site and, and also uh, survive for the long term, they need to have a delivery system, right? They need to have a scaffold where they can attach and it can be retained on pl in place. And then there's, uh, you know, once they're implanted, you need to have a, a, a very rapid uh, vascularization of, of the graft such that uh, the cells are nourished and they can, um, you know, they can uh, exchange um, uh, and, and, and get rid of, of uh, their metabolite as part of their natural um, biology, right? So uh, having a delivery system is, is very important. So we have this uh, we have this delivery system, um, uh, which is a biomaterial that's made of naturally occurring uh, biomaterials in your body. It's made of, of collagen and and, and a long uh, sugar chain that that are present in everybody's you know tissue. It's some of it's some of these um, uh, component or or actually making the structure or the matrix of of your tissue. Right, it's what's keeping your your cells together in a tissue. So we have these highly purified components that are based on collagen and, and hyaluronic acid that we can uh, use to deliver cells um, very effectively and maintain them on site, like I said, right, for engraftment. So the second platform or the second um, um, uh, therapeutic area is called medical aesthetic, as you said, and this for, is for people who have um, 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 basically um, lost in subcutaneous tissue that result, for example, our first clinical trial is called Renivia. Um, and what we're doing is we're in, pe in people that, um, um, in HIV patients, there's about a, a third, a quarter to a third of the patients that are suffering from severe uh, fat loss in the face, right? So this is an outcome of, of, um, of some of the medication that were very popular in the early 90s and are affecting the biology of the subcutaneous tissue. And as a result, they have these uh, facial wasting uh, disease. Basically the, the fat, the, the, the um, subcutaneous fat in their face is disappearing. So you have these very weird skeletal faces and you know, it's not related to, their, to what they eat or, or are fat or they are. It's really, um, you know, like I said, an, an outcome of, of the toxicity, toxicity of, of some of the drugs that they took. Uh, earlier. So these patients, as you can imagine, they have a need for restoring the normal contour of their face. It's really a, a medical need. It's not uh, just, you know, we're saying it's it's cosmetic or aesthetic, but it's, you know, it's a, it's a real unmet need, as you can imagine. Uh, people with uh, severe lipoatrophy, they, they don't look normal, right? And they look, they look diseased. Um, so they want to restore the volume and the natural contour and feeling of their face. Uh, and also, it's it's an outcome. Also, if you can imagine, we're working with um, with the Department of Defense, for example, where a soldier or a combat injury, when they have blast injury in the face, you can imagine they have severe trauma to uh, their body, uh, including their face, right? And um, and sometimes it results in severe loss of tissue, right? A blast injury can basically blow apart part of your face, and um, mm -hmm. although you can 
reconstruct the bone underneath with scaffold or prosthetic, and the, 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 the subcutaneous tissue is, is not restored, right? Uh, because it's a living thing. So, um, so there's a lot of soldiers that uh, come back from injuries and, and they want to have, a, you know, their, their, again, the normal contour of their face restored. Uh, so what we're doing is we're, you know, people in the past, what they've done, um, you know, the, the standard of care, so to speak, is uh, people take what they call a procedure called fat grafting is they take a, a piece of fat from your belly or somewhere else and they transplant it to the subcutaneous place where you have a big defect, like a big volume defect. The problem is when you do that, um, th these types of graphs are not very stable and they tend to, um, you know, to break up over time and, and the effect is temporary, just some of the last a few months. So what we're doing is we're doing the following. We're using our Renivia, which is our uh, biomaterials. Um, what we're doing is that we're doing, we're combining our biomaterials with um, cells that are um, isolated from fat of the of the same person, right, the donor. So you have an HIV patient or a uh, patient that suffered a, a traumatic blast injury of their face. So they have, uh, usually these people have fat in their belly somewhere, right? So we can suction through a, a standard liposuction, can suction some of this fat tissue. And what we do is we can um, isolate the, the, the cells that are the progenitor cells of, these, of this fat tissue and enrich okay. these cells and combine Renivia biomaterials uh, system. Uh, Renivia is, is a you know is a hydrogel. So what we do is, is we combine these cells that have been isolated at the point of care, and this all the surgeon is doing that. And um, and then you can you can have now a an implant instead of fat. Now it's a biomaterial that contains the cells that normally uh, are the progenitors or the precursor of fat and other subcutaneous uh, structures in a very much enriched graft. And, and the idea is to implant that in the subcutaneous space, right? And then hopefully this tissue will, um, will, will be much more predictable at restoring the volume and the contour and the, and the physical uh, tactile and appearance of the skin. Uh, so that's an ongoing clinical trial that right now that we have in Europe using, um, you know, with, uh, with HIV patient uh, right now. And we're in a very late stage. We, we're in a pivotal stage uh, with, this, um, with this trial. So we're expecting uh, top line data in the middle of this year, sometimes in June. Um, uh, because we have, you know, we've conducted already a small pilot case or phase one, if you will. It's a little bit different because it's a, in this case, it's a medical device. Uh, so it's a pilot and, and pivotal stage. Um, so right now we're in the late stage, we're in pi and, pi and pivotal stage, and we finish enrollment uh, of this trial. And um, you know we we did a few practice run practice patients. Uh, you know before we started this trial, um, you know it's typically done for surgical procedures that are kind of complex, right? It's not like a drug where you have you just prescribe a pill, for example, right? There's a you know when you when you do what just this, as what I described doing the liposuction, isolating the cells and combining with our hydrogel system, and then re-implanting re -implanting this, this uh, hydrogel you know, through a syringe in the face of people to restore their um, you know, subcutaneous volume. Um, you can imagine it's, it's, it's kind of a complex procedure. So we did a trial run uh, yeah. on a few patients and they're not part of the trial itself, but we follow them up, right? So it's kind of like an open label trial, if you, if you will. So the, 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 the nine patients that, we're, that we've done a long time ago, about over a year ago, they, they seem to be doing well, right? So uh, that's why we're, we're kind of optimistic. What does that mean? What does that mean, doing well? 
uh, doing well in the sense that what we're looking for this uh, particular uh, procedure is we're hoping to have long-term uh, volume restoration, right? So the outcome is based okay. on uh, a, a measuring of volume uh, restoration for these patients. Like if you, if you can imagine these uh, dermal filler, right, to, uh, to treat um, wrinkles, for example, Right, that's what they're measuring. Right, they're measuring a volume, or 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 they're, they're, we're looking. So that, we have a, a dip, yeah. Is that what you mean? Fall apart? You'd let's say you'd fill someone's cheeks out so they've got nice round yeah. cheeks. Right. But over time, fall apart means their cheeks would start to sink yeah. in again, and yeah, you're exactly. hoping that they stay yeah. looking yeah, good exactly. for a year yeah. or however long. Yeah, absolutely, absolutely. So that's the idea, right? So this tissue, when you implant normal fat. You know, typically, it, the, the fat breaks down and eventually gets to resorb naturally, right? And oh. so, the, like you're saying, the volume is lost, right? So the the, the 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 cheek will sink back down, as you said. So, you know, we did a you know our our on ongoing trial is 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 using a relatively small um, you know small volume of implant. It's about five cc's. Uh, and we're hoping that, um, you know, this 5cc will give us a reading to uh, look at, you know, larger uh, volume defects. So we'll follow up. The, although this trial will allow us to uh, gain, hopefully, uh, registration in Europe through a CE mark. Uh, what we're doing, what we're hoping is that uh, we'll be able to um, uh, treat patients with much larger uh, uh, volume deficit. Um, you know, for people, like I said, that um, have a you know, large traumatic defect or other, um, you know, facial um, wasting, fat wasting diseases. What's, what's a quick example of a very large problem? You know, would it be a leg uh, losing all the fat and all the muscle or what, you know, what's, what are a couple of examples of a, a serious problem that really can't <laughs> be solved well right now? Right. Sorry. Uh, there's multiple ones. Um, you know, whenever you have trauma or a surgical procedure, right? Um, and, you know, again, this particular technology is right now is, uh, is really limited to subcutaneous fat, right? So that's why you know, right now the, the facial fat loss is, uh, is where we're most uh, concentrated on, um, like I said, uh, like HIV or trauma or other uh, fat wasting diseases. You know, you result in this uh, or aging, right? As you're aging, that's that's also a typical uh, aging process. Uh, you lose fat in your face, right? And and some people like to have um, a more you know uh, youthful uh, appearance by restoring the volume in your face. Uh, which changes dramatically, and that's normal a uh, part of the aging. But there are other uh, procedures um, that also uh, will impact the uh, cosmetic appearance of, of um, uh, you know, of your of your body, right? Like breast implant, for example. Uh, you know that there's there's fat. You know, the breast has, has a lot of fat, and and fat is inherent right. part of the. Uh, you know, the cosmetic appearance as well as the tactile appearance of, of breast. And, and when you do implant that are made of, of um, uh, silicone or synthetic material or, or saline or whatever, plastic, right? And, and uh, you don't have that fat that's provided typically with normal breasts. So we're hoping that perhaps we can use the same approach to uh, fill in, so to speak, uh, those divots and, and those, um, those, de those tissue defects. As well as, as I said, traumatic uh, injuries, right? Um, you, you mentioned, um, you know, uh, subcutaneous loss, whether it's, it's muscle or other tissues. Um, you know, we cannot address that using this particular approach because it's, you know, what it just, what this restores is really the underlying fat. But 
as you know, um, you know, when you have, uh, you know, surgical procedures, whatever they are, or, or an injury or a burn, severe burn, for example, you often, you know, can restore the skin um, or the muscle, um, but you lose the normal look, right, of, of because you need to have that fat, uh, you know, to, um, to provide the you know, the elasticity and the cosmetic appearance as well as the, you know, like I said, the cosmetic and the feel of, of normal skin. Uh, so, yeah. Okay. Well, very good. Um, I guess last question or so is where do individuals or companies uh, connect with, with you and learn more about biotime and um, maybe, you know, show interest in uh, some kind of interaction or business relationship? Yeah, so we have a, you know, we have our website. People can definitely reach out to uh, to us through the website. We have a PR firm that works with us as well, and we can connect through our uh, PR uh, investor relation and public relations. So happy to provide that as well. Um, so, um, okay. yeah, but you know, we're we have a uh, often uh, we have a very uh, strong presence in, in multiple uh, meetings and scientific meetings and medical congresses. Um, you know, I, I spoke to you about the two of our most advanced program, which are ophthalmology and medical aesthetic, but we're also in, involved in uh, other therapeutic areas and orthopedics. For example, we have a program in bone repair and regeneration. We're looking at right. Uh, multiple delivery therapies as well, whether it's stroke or cancer or uh, osteoarthritis as well. So we're looking at, at the, these are projects are a much earlier stage, but uh, definitely have interest in those therapeutic areas. And that's also uh, described in our pipeline and our website. Okay. And, and you'll see our management team is there and there's a way of, of connecting with us uh, definitely through our website. Well, that's great. Well, Francois, thank you for coming on the podcast. And I'm glad that, you know, you're working on real important issues, you know, fighting macular degeneration and, um, you know, helping people that uh, have problems with, you know, fat on their face to various areas because of, uh, you know, catastrophic problems or because of the wish to look better. So thanks again for coming on the podcast. I appreciate it. Yeah, happy to do so. Thank you very much for the opportunity. You've been listening to Almost Here, Around the Corner Future Technology Podcast with Richard Jacobs. Subscribe to this podcast, post a review to discover more future technologies that are poised to transform our lives for better or worse, such as Bitcoin, artificial intelligence, 3D printing, blockchain, virtual reality, and more.